Board Game Blitz, a podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes to bathe and dry a very wiggly dog. Board Game Blitz is sponsored by Gray Fox Games. This week, we are talking about what to do when you don't want to do the thing you love. First, we discuss a couple games we've played recently, Shikoku 1889 and First Ascent. Then, we talk about those times when you don't want to do the things you typically enjoy, like playing board games. And now, here are your hosts, Ambie and Crystal. One quick announcement before we hop into the episode, and you all will have heard this one before. We've got TLN coming up. That is the Tabletop Live Network Marathon for the month of June. That will be happening not this coming weekend, if you are listening to this episode when it releases, but next weekend, June 24th and 25th. Our scheduled shift will be on Sunday the 25th at 2 p.m. Pacific. It's a different time than we usually stream, so hopefully we'll be able to hit up some people that don't typically get to watch us because we often get one of the late night shifts. And we've got something pretty fun in the works for what we're potentially gonna play, but nothing is finalized yet, so I can't quite say what (laughs) it is, but hopefully that'll be finalized soon. So hopefully we'll see you on Twitch on June 25th at 2 p.m. Pacific. Recently, I got to play Shikoku 1889 at KublaCon. So Shikoku 1889 is an 18xx game. It's my favorite 18xx game. And I've talked about it before on the podcast a couple of times. So I'm not going to like go over the whole overview of the game because you can go hear about it there. I'm just going to talk about our play more. So I played at KublaCon, our local convention. We were there for a few hours without our kids. And so we, we ended up playing an 18xx game, which at first I was like kind of not wanting to play it because it's like, oh, is it going to take a long time? And and it's like, ah, I don't know. And this happens every time I play an X game, I feel like, especially nowadays. But then after I started playing and remembering how to play the game, it took a while to like get back into it because it turns out I haven't played an 18xx game in over a year. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, because it's tough to play longer games with kids. Like right. I, we always have to play like after they're asleep and then we're all tired <laughs> and like getting the right people to play an 18xx game is hard. So... But yeah, like our last game we played was 1889 again with um, as a learning game. So this is like the game that has the simplest rules for us. Like it's great for a learning game. We always use it as a learning game because it has simple rules. And then we don't have to think about the other weird rules. <laughs> we can teach people like the basic rules. And then it still has like a lot of interesting things that can happen, I think. Is this the one that you all taught me? Or no, we taught you 1857, which we haven't played in a long time. Okay. <laughs> but it's basically like the same rules. It just has a different, it has a different map and then a different train roster. So in 1857, it has fewer trains. So the train rush goes like super fast. Whereas this one, you have to actually control the train rush more. Like in our game, it actually ended up that three trains were permanent. So like the way it works is later trains as you buy them that makes the game move along and then the older trains rust and so like people who have the older trains they have to buy the new trains and then they're, they like run out of money and stuff so like in 1889 it can be hard to buy a six train which is the one that rusts the three train and it was a really close game between three of us out of four <laughs> um i was one of the three <laughs> but, <laughs> I love that you needed 
to clarify <laughs> that. You're like, I'm not the one that was left behind. <laughs> yeah. But it was like su- super exciting because like it was really close and it was really close between the three of us. And then it was like, we're not sure. It seems like Toby's getting more money now. But like my stock price was really good because I had two companies and both of their stock prices were really high. But then like one of them, the route wasn't as good. So I wasn't getting as much money as Toby. I was getting more stock though. So it seemed like he would he would be catching up and then overtake me because I think I was winning at the time. And we actually didn't end up playing through the whole game. But we were, I was thinking like in order for me to buy a six train to hurt Toby, it would have hurt me more. So it wasn't worth it. <laughs> but then you're not really sure. Like you can't make all of that calculation in your head. It's kind of like one of those things where you want to see, you want to play out three different scenarios and see what would have happened because it was so close. <laughs> but yeah, so that was like really exciting just playing it. Like, cause we didn't even like finish who won and stuff. It was like, okay, we think it looks like Toby's going to be winning because we would have played out one more round. And I think it would have been like super close, like within a hundred dollars. But like the scores are, in the thousands of dollars so like within a hundred dollars is still pretty close so I had fun (laughs) even though at first I was not sure if I wanted to play it and that will go into our uh, discussion later that's why I thought of the thematic segment spoiler for what our thematic segment is going to be but yes uh, Shikoku 1889 which is actually like the new name of it it used to be called 1889 history of Shikoku railways and the version we played is that version but like it's coming out by Grand Truck Games the Kickstarter is delivering to backers soon <laughs> for Shikoku 1889, the new one with like the new art and stuff. But we played an old version. It's the same game though. Nice. Well, I recently got a game to the table that I had backed on Kickstarter a couple of years ago, I believe. And then it shipped in late 2022. And it was one of those things where, you know how sometimes you, you back it, well, you don't back a lot of Kickstarters, but I'm going to, we're going to do, we're going to do some role play anyway, Andy. You know how sometimes you back a Kickstarter and you're really excited about it up front and then it shows up mm-hmm. and you're like, oh yay, it's here. But then just for whatever reason, it just kind of sits there and you just don't play it right away. Mm-hmm. And then it just keeps sitting there. You, you totally know, right, Andy? Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm sure people out there who like backing crowdfunded games probably know what I'm talking about. And I have to say, I am uh, kicking myself for waiting on this one. It is called First Ascent. It is published by a new company, or it's self-published basically by the person who designed it, did the art for it, and did the graphic design for it. Like, this is... Kind of similar to how Ryan Lockett does the Red Mm -hmm. Raven games. Kate Ott is the person behind this game and she did basically everything in it. She did the artwork, the graphic design, and the design of the board game itself. And it is a rock climbing themed board game. I was drawn to the Kickstarter for a few reasons. First off, seeing that a woman did all of those pieces of a single game was immediately appealing because I was just like, oh man, like she she must be pretty cool. Like I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to support her, even though I don't know her. Also, I don't know if you know this about me, Ambie, but I had a very, very brief stint in high school where I was obsessed with indoor rock climbing. Oh, really? <laughs> it, cool. Yeah, it did not last very long. <laughs> and if you asked me to go indoor rock climbing right now, my arms and legs would both be like, mm, I don't know about that. 
<laughs> Toby used to rock climb in college and like a little bit after, but he, he kept messing up his fingers. <laughs> I mean, it's fun. I also was a differently proportioned person when I was in high school. So I don't know what it would be like today, but I've basically I've had an interest in rock climbing at some point in my life. Mm-hmm. And so I thought this one sounded interesting. So it is a resource allocation and route building game where you and the other players are all characters who are trying to ascend a mountain by making your own routes. And I have to say, first off, everything in this game looks very professionally done. And for a self-published board game where like one person was doing the heavy lifting of everything, I am very impressed with both the quality of the components and how everything was put together, including the little tiny ropes. Like when you're building your route on the board, you actually have little ropes in your player color that you use to make your route as you go up the mountain. I know that that doesn't technically matter, but man, (laughs) as soon as I saw those ropes, I was like, ooh, that's a good component. What you are doing throughout the course of the game is you are playing skill cards to ascend the mountain. Each part of the mountain, each tile, basically has certain requirements that you need to meet by playing cards with certain resources on them. And if you can pay the resources, you can climb. There are ways you can kind of push your luck if you're missing one of the resources. You can roll a die and see if you can get up anyway. And there are specific goals you're trying to achieve, both personal and shared goals in types of tiles that you're trying to make it to. And there are bonuses if you can make it to the top of the mountain, but that's not necessarily the ultimate goal. There are points on every single tile. So it's not like a race to the top. It's just who does the best climb. All of the players have an asymmetric power. So each player is unique, but they're not like drastically different. It's just every player has one little cool thing that they can do. The artwork and the cards are hilarious in the best way possible. I pulled a few out of the box to use as examples because you have to hear these. There are a lot of like really serious and accurate climbing related scenarios and terms in the deck, but I pulled out some of the fun ones like squirrels eat your snacks or pocket bacon. (laughs) Like you found bacon in your pocket and it's like, do you have enough to share or is there only enough for you? (laughs) There's a card that says sun beats down and I don't know if that's a reference to forbidden desert or not. Because that's a very specific phrase, yes, right? Sun yeah. beats down. Who pooped on the ledge is a card in this game. <laughs> Who pooped on the ledge? Because when you're Games doing outdoor rock climbing, <laughs> there's, there's no bathroom out there. <laughs> if you got to go, you got to go. And not only is the artwork well done, but it's also very inclusive in race, gender, body type, and disability. As noted, I pulled out a card that's called Prosthesis Starts to Slip. And it depicts a man with a prosthetic leg doing the rock climbing. So it is a very diverse set of people depicted on the cards. This game was incredibly thoughtfully created. And so I wanted to highlight it specifically because of those things, but also because the gameplay is actually really fun. It's not that heavy. I would say this is like a medium weight game. I don't think you could break this out at like a light family game night necessarily. But if you have casual gaming friends, who are also rock climbers, this would be a great way to bring them into the hobby because they will recognize all of the things on these cards. And it's very thematic. 
And so I highly recommend you check it out if the theme appeals. I'm not quite sure where it is available. It was on Kickstarter and it looks like there are copies in the geek market on Board Game Geek, but I do not know if it hit retail or not. So if it interests you, maybe seek out a copy now rather than later, because I do not know what its availability will be like in the future. So that is First Ascent by Kate Ott. Yeah, that's cool. I don't think I've heard of any other rock climbing themed games. I feel there's mountain climbing games. There's, yeah, there's I, mountain climbing ones, but like not but specifically rock climbing. Rock climbing, climbing specifically think, yeah. is different, right? Yeah, yeah, this is yeah a little bit of a different so, theme. Yeah, that's cool. All right, for our thematic segment, as I alluded to when I was talking about my recently played game, we were going to talk about dreading or kind of like not wanting to do games or game night, but then feeling like, okay, we're going to do it. And then you have a lot of fun anyway. I don't know if there's like a simple word for that. Right. It's like the, the feeling of you don't feel like you want to do something, yeah. but then after you do it, you're glad you did. You don't have yeah. regrets about doing it, right? Yeah. I, I don't know if there's a term for that. <laughs> But yeah, like, I feel like that happens. And I think you also mentioned it in our anniversary episode where you felt like that with recording a podcast. You were like, oh, I don't want to record a podcast. But then you're always happy that you did. So Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where certain things in your life can, well, like recording the podcast, for instance, is for me a self-imposed obligation, right? Like mm -hmm. we are not beholden yeah. to anyone but ourselves, <laughs> but it is something that's important to me. And so, mm -hmm. there, but there are like every now and then there's a day where we have a recording scheduled where I just like am not in the mood, right? Like mm -hmm. we all have days like that where you're just kind of out of it or just like blah and you don't feel like it. And inevitably I usually pull myself up and do it anyway. And then literally every single time Ambie and I record together, by the end of it, I am in the best mood. Like we always <laughs> have fun recording together. And to me, uh -huh. That is proof that this podcast should continue, basically. <laughs> like, if it ever becomes not fun, that would be the point at which I would say, oh, I maybe we've, we've run our course. But it still delights me every single time, even when, if, if leading up to it, I'm not quite as stoked about the actual mm -hmm. recording session. Yeah, and I think for me, the same thing happens with game nights, because, like, we have these scheduled game nights, which is, like, a self-imposed <laughs> schedule. Like, we're going to have people over for games this night. And then a lot of times, we're tired because it's because we have kids <laughs> yeah that's, the, that's a good reason just by itself <laughs> and it's like oh i don't feel like games tonight but then it's like okay wait no it's okay we can we can try and then then we have fun so <laughs> and then as i mentioned with the 18xx game like heavier games sometimes can seem very daunting but then once you get down to doing it it can be a lot of fun <laughs> So just getting over that activation energy for chemistry people. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's a nice term. And it also would apply theoretically to learning new games or kind of, mm -hmm. as you said, like getting a heavier game played. Even for me, my favorite game of all time is Battlestar Galactica. And usually mm -hmm. I'm not clamoring to play it on a regular yeah. basis because the physical and mental toll that it takes mm -hmm. to get that game played, to organize enough people, get it out, teach it to anyone that's <laughs> new, because inevitably there's always new players. Like, 
I generally don't want to go through that whole process. So that's mm-hmm. why, like, at cons like Dice Tower West, where I know there will be multiple people who are super familiar with the game, I will literally, like, run to them and be like, <laughs> can we play, please? Because I know that it'll be less strenuous for me, like, less taxing. And so yeah. I can do it more easily. Yeah, it's definitely easier when people know the game. And that's the same with me with 18xx with us. We played with our friends who we had played with before and already knew the game. So that helps a lot. And like we could play. We also feel comfortable stopping early or like <laughs> playing quickly and stuff. So that helps a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. I think one of the key things to note here and one of the themes that will run through this entire discussion likely mm-hmm is that when it comes to things that you need to do, whether those are obligations that are required by somebody else or self-imposed, as we've discussed, prep and good planning can definitely help make those things less daunting. For me, if I'm going to have people over for games, if my house is a mess, I will stress out about people coming over to play games. And it's not that I don't want to play games. It's, oh no, my house is messy. So I don't want them to see the messy house. So now Mm -hmm. I'm stressed about people coming over, but not because of the gaming aspect. It's something else. So Mm -hmm. if I plan in advance and the house is clean, then it'll be less stressful. And I do, I want to interrupt myself to mention that mental health and self-care are very, very, very important. And uh, some of these issues that we're talking about touch on situations that may be related to mental health. And if you or anyone you know is struggling in a way that interferes with your daily life, please, please, please seek help from a mental health professional. We are not suggesting that if you don't want to do something, that there is something wrong with you or that is a bad thing. We are just providing some context and commentary on what we do if we're just having an off day and how we can push through and what enjoyment can come as a result of us being able to push that past those emotions. But I don't want Mm -hmm. to discount the fact that there are people who have some real struggles that are very, very difficult to get past. So I just wanted to say that before I forgot. So why do you think, Ambie, that... Okay, if you're tired and Mm -hmm. you maybe don't really want to have friends over, but you do, Mm -hmm. like, why does that always end up being enjoyable? Is it just because board games are fun? We know we like to play board games, but is that is that it? Well, for me, I think it's board games are fun and I get to see my friends, which is nice. (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. If it was like random strangers coming over that I didn't know. I don't think it would be fun. (laughs) That would definitely be a different kind of situation. Far more awkward. Like, I'm an extrovert, but I don't want strangers coming to my house to play board games. That that sounds horrific. (laughs) I do not like. Well, like, I guess, I mean, like, going to a game night or, like, a game group with strangers. Like, I don't think I would like that as much, especially after a tired day. Because, yeah. yeah, I'm an introvert. So, like, meeting new people would just be exhausting on top of being tired. But, like, since I already know the friends that just seeing them catching up talking to adults instead of just toddlers all the time (laughs) (laughs) like something that's needed yeah so it's that and the games are fun but sometimes we don't we don't always play like super fun games sometimes the games are bad or like or like we don't like them but then the experience can be fun still because we're with our friends and we're just like enjoying the bad game together kind of kind of like like watching a bad movie together or something or like yes 
Oh, so. I really, I love playing a bad game with the right people. Mm-hmm. That can be a really enjoyable experience. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, just usually it's it's fun. Even one time I think I had like a headache and I was very <laughs> tired, but we still played. And then like, I, I it was taking a while because we were just playing some light games. And then we ended up playing Monikers and that like made me feel better. Uh, and Monikers is a party game. It's similar to Time's Up if you've, if you've heard of that, but basically there's, you're guessing a, a word or a phrase and that there's three rounds using the same deck of words. So like the first round, you can say anything to get your team to guess it. The second round, you're using the same words, but you can only say one word for each time you give a clue. And then the third round is just charades. So it ends up like getting a lot of inside it's jokes chaos and stuff. It's chaos is, is what Gamby's <laughs> getting at. It is hectic, fun, chaotic, like wildness. Yeah. And if, if I, I'm thinking about me trying to play monikers with a headache and I just, it does not sound like fun. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking it would be hard, but like for some reason it just, like for me, it just, it woke me up. Like, cause I was just tired and like not feeling like playing, but then it woke me up and got, cause like I just started playing and then it kind of eased me into with the rounds, I guess. And then the charades is just very active and it woke me up. So <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure why. Well, Ambi, I might actually have the answer for you. Oh. So there's actually some science behind, mm-hmm. not ju- I mean, board games, there's some science as well, but <laughs> just, just socialization in general mm-hmm. has a lot of science behind it. And I've done a little bit of research. I've looked at a number of different studies online. And a lot of this probably will not come as news to anyone, but it's one of those things that I don't think we think about on a regular basis. But basically, humans are programmed to be social mm-hmm because of like literally our ancestors, they used to hunt in the dark to protect themselves. And then when they started hunting in daylight, they realized, oh, we need to be with each other to protect each other. So socialization is baked in to our genetics. It's literally like part of who we are. And so as a result, being social will lead to increased levels of dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, and endorphins in the human body. Those are all feel-good chemicals in your brain, (laughs) y'all. Like they do a bunch of different things, but... They're all really good, feel-good chemicals. Mm -hmm. And so I imagine, Ambie, that it is quite possible that when you all started playing an exciting game, you probably got an endorphin rush from the excitement. And then also there's the other parts of doing something with your people you love, your friends Mm -hmm. and your partner and everything else too. But like socialization doesn't just have those immediate benefits. There have been a lot of studies to prove that people who are more social will live longer on average. And they also have improved memory formation and recall as they age and additional protection against neurodegenerative diseases as they get older as well. And there have been not as many studies, but some studies that show that board games can lead to those things as well. And Mm -hmm. I, as Crystal, not a scientist, just a regular human (laughs) being in her 30s, I would speculate that the social nature of board games probably plays into that, at least in some degree. Mm -hmm. But the board games are triggering other things too, because there's strategy and like they're they're, it's doing Mm -hmm. additional work in addition to the socialization. So Mm -hmm. I don't know about you all, but it sounds like playing board games is healthy and we (laughs) should have, like if you have a job, you should tell HR that you all are required 
to have a board game library. You know, like sometimes they provide a company gym, company board game yeah. library, y'all. It's for your health. I, uh, you, you tell yeah. them Crystal, Crystal said so. <laughs> yeah, I remember our job had a wellness benefit. Like you had so much money a month that you could use towards gym membership or like wellness things. I think a massage was included in that. Uh, <laughs> but board games. Yeah, board games should be included in that. Honestly, I think like you would have to like really work at it, but I think you can make the case if you were really clever. Because it, it's true, like board games can make you healthier, basically. That is a true fact. Now, how much healthier and how long it takes, all of those things, those are the things that are a little bit more up in the air. But all of this comes back around to say that we're human beings who are beholden to a lot of external factors and internal mm -hmm. factors in our lives. And so one, like if you're maybe somebody was rude to you in line at the grocery store, like so a simple bad interaction in the mm -hmm. midst of your day can really throw off other things. And that might be the thing that makes you not want to go to game night, right? Like maybe you're yeah. just now in a crummy mood because one bad thing happened, but by going to game night, now you get all those feel-good chemicals in your brain mm -hmm. and now you feel better. But sometimes <laughs> it's hard to push past those bad feelings to get there. Yeah, it is. For me, I think just having it scheduled helps because then it's going to happen, right? Like, right. It's scheduled. Like, People are coming over. Thing for sure. <laughs> like, I, yes, I'm tired. <laughs> it's been a long day, but... But people are coming over, so it's like, okay, we're going to do it. <laughs> I have been very lucky in my life to have friends and partners who are good at pushing me when I need to be pushed and also mm -hmm. giving me space when I need space. My friend Kathy, who listens to every episode of the podcast basically right when it drops, shout out to Kathy, she's the best. <laughs> She and I both have some chronic illness issues that we deal with. Mm -hmm. And so we inevitably sometimes end up canceling on one another if we're going to get together and play games just with the two of us. And it's literally never an issue. We are just like, today is not a good day. Not a good day for it. Like, I'll have a migraine. She'll have whatever going on with her. And it's like, okay, we'll get together, you know, in a couple days or next week or whenever. And having someone with that kind of grace in your life is important mm -hmm. too. But above all else, you should give yourself self-grace and if you don't if you can't do the thing that's okay maybe next time yeah. so love yourself love your friends help your friends and play more board games it's good <laughs> for your health mandatory board games for your health <laughs> doctor prescribed board games <laughs> and that's it for this week's board game blitz visit our website boardgameblitz.com for more content and links this episode was sponsored by Grey Fox Games. If you could conquer territories, fight monsters, sail the high seas, and honor warriors who have passed into Valhalla, you might just earn enough glory to forever be remembered as a hero of the Viking Age and clans of Midgard, coming to crowdfunding from Grey Fox Games soon. And don't forget that as a Blitz clear, you can get 10% off your entire order at greyfoxgames.com, including promos, exclusives, and upgrades not available anywhere else by using the code BGBLITZ2023 at checkout. Join the Blitzketeer community on Discord for game nights, discussions, and more by following the link in the show notes. Support the show by leaving us a rating and review on iTunes or Spotify. And if you like us a lot and want to support us monetarily and get some cool perks, check out our Ko-fi at ko-fi.com slash boardgamebliss today. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Morrow. Until next time, I'm dreading going to tonight's game night, but with my friends I'll be alright. We're playing all my favorite games tonight We'll have fun 